0: When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Welcome to this special episode of My First Car, a new mini series. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. Now, over the last six months or so, we've been bringing you uh, stories and podcasts from literally uh, around the world about issues and news that affects the automotive aftermarket here in canada now we've certainly been hard at work to make sure that we uh, bring you a good package uh, every week but as we hit the dog days of summer we thought we'd uh, kind of take a little bit of a step back give everybody a bit of a rest and uh, bring you something a little lighter over the summer months and what you might not know is that as we've been doing our interviews and having our guests on board we've often been asking them about their first car Now for a lot of uh, our guests that had some profound impact on their uh, automotive aftermarket careers that followed. And uh, I suppose I'm no different. My first car is uh, not quite a simple story uh, for me. Uh, Good thing I, I came prepared. Now growing up, we always had at least one Volkswagen Beetle in the driveway. So it was usually a Beetle and something else. Now, the first car that I I think ever wheeled around was probably the Beetle, you know, an easy transmission to to learn to drive stick on, that's for sure. But being not of legal age to be driving, uh, it was, uh, you know, strictly uh, parking lots, et cetera, and, and maybe the occasional uh, sneak around the block. So the first car that I actually drove regularly was a 72 Ford Maverick, which was mostly my mom's car. But, like I think a lot of folks they they drove them to work, came back, and then, uh maybe not like a lot of folks for my sister uh and I uh that car uh was in the driveway for the for use as long as we were uh you know prepared to put a little bit of gas in it. So, I'm very fortunate you know that way. That's kind of where the good fortune ends though, because this this is a Ford Maverick, not the Ford Maverick that has just recently recently been introduced, which seems very cool a seventy two Ford Maverick. Like this, beige inside and out, in color, in personality, in performance, with the straight six, and uh, well, you know, it, it, it was it was actually a handful just to drive at regular uh, speeds. Uh, I do recall having a girlfriend in the car one time, hitting a little bump on a country road, and finding ourselves swapped ends and just missing the ditch on the other side. Uh, so that was kind of it. It also had other amazing features like uh, ability to just stop on the highway. You'd be driving along and then it would just cut out. You'd coast down to the side of the road, crank it a few times, and there it would go again. The other uh, optional accessory, I'll call it, was the ever-present Kleenex box on the passenger wheel well. Uh, it was there to cover a hole. Uh, it was fine uh, until the middle of winter when you'd be driving over a slush laden road, and a geyser of slush would come streaming up between the passenger's legs. Not a great car at at all, uh, but it is part of our history. The next quote unquote, first car that I I drove. uh, Again, this was something that I had a hand in the decision making because I'd been working as a courier. And one of the vehicles that they had for the long distance guys, I mean, long distance, you know, uh, based out of Toronto, but doing the longer runs instead of just the city runs was a Volkswagen Rabbit diesel. Uh, I thought it was a great car, told my dad this, when it came time for him to finally get rid of uh, the Beetle that he had been driving since 1970. So this would have been about 1984. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, I said, you know what, take a look at the new Volkswagens, take a look at the diesel. Uh, There was a diesel Jetta that was on the market, a couple of years old, 1980 diesel Jetta. Again, this is not the one, but it was exactly this, that green color, 52 horsepower, I think, on the diesel. Uh, And uh, we drove that thing uh, literally into the ground after my, uh, my father passed. uh, I still drove it. uh, So it was, I think 20 years old by the time it finally died and was, was actually a great car. Now this car has a good connection to what we'll actually get to in a minute, which was the first car I actually laid my own money down on. So after my dad passed, I took over this vehicle, uh, was you know on paper the owner and all that kind of stuff. Did a lot of work uh, to keep it going. I remember replacing the injection pump one time. Uh, you know That was a smelly, messy job, uh, but uh, also learned an awful lot about tuning the timing on the injection to get a little bit more oomph out of it. Not a lot, just a little. Uh, owning and driving this vehicle probably kept me my license. Uh, If I'd had something through those years uh, with a lot more horsepower, a lot more uh, kind of terminal speed, I'm pretty sure uh, I I would have uh, had more conversations with the police, but uh, I used to joke that uh, getting it up to about 140 kilometers an hour on the highway wasn't an easy task. And that any time, if there were a radar station uh, that would clock me, they'd see me zipping past in this thing, shake their heads, bang their radar gun and think there's no way there's something wrong with this gun. Uh, <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, this car stood me through uh, uh, you know a lot of years. I think there was about a quarter million kilometers when I finally snapped a half shaft on it. Snapped that half shaft, leaving uh, work one day, parked it in the back nine, and then it immediately got, it was winter, it immediately got buried by uh, the snow plow and it stayed there till spring under about 20 feet of snow you know I had, I had replaced the engine once already i had a young daughter at home and when that thing emerged from the uh, glacier in the springtime there well the message was pretty clear there is no way you're taking our baby daughter in that old thing so uh, that was it done days but it did uh, serve its purpose um, as a tow vehicle for what was technically the first vehicle that i actually laid my money down on now That $4,500 for this. I don't know if you can see it, a little bit of reflections, and I apologize for that. 1985 Honda Civic race car was actually uh, the first car that I owned, put my own money down, uh, and raced for one season uh, in the Honda Michelin Challenge Series. Uh, And that. I, I was under that hood constantly setting valves, uh, had the cylinder head off. Certainly at least one time that I can remember all manner of things, of course, did about a, uh, a thousand brake jobs on it. And, uh, for a lot of what I learned, uh, you know, was just in the, in the driveway and, and, uh, with a shop manual and figuring it out now, you know, I, I, by that point, I, you know, obviously been around cars and helped my dad bring, uh, engines in and out of the Beatles, uh, help. know as a kid uh you know i tightened and tightened up wheel nuts uh lug nuts on race cars since i was uh, five or six so you know it was kind of natural right um i will say that uh the automotive aftermarket service community is very fortunate that i didn't become a technician didn't really have the patience for it and and uh so you know here i am doing it this side of it which i still love it i don't work on cars anymore uh but i will never forget that that uh, experience with the the terrible ford maverick that real workhorse of a diesel jetta that i used to tow my race car think about that uh, i remember pulling out of most uh, which is one the canadian tire motorsport park it is now uh, and somebody saying you know hey i didn't think you could do that with one of those <laughs> i of course called back to them well you can't <laughs> well i guess you can't anyway those are my firsts for cars. Certainly, I never forget about them. They certainly shaped uh, my view of uh, the aftermarket and more than anything else, uh, really uh, gave me a good grounding, good foundation for having a tremendous amount of respect for uh, the automotive technicians who work on these vehicles uh, every day and keep them running and keep us safe. Anyway, as I mentioned, over the coming weeks, there's going to be a number of My First Car episodes, and, uh, well, we hope you enjoy them. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Be strong. And, uh, you know, we might check in a little bit more uh, over the summer uh, as uh, needs be. All right. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Be well. You're listening to The Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, Brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca. A brand of chat-integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi technology, steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.